The Hidden History of the Messiah In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And on the second day, God made the angels. He made the sons of God. Angels are known as sons of God. And God made me on that day, on the second day. I was a Choriboyan. In the celestial hierarchy, there are, uh, at the very top, uh, thrones. They're called Ophanim or Orphanim. Uh, and then there are powers. Cherubim, Seraphim, Angels, Rathalophim, Rathalophim, and Mounts, Cephalim, and uh, you know possibly others, including Choriboyan. I was a Choriboyan. And I remember being made, and I remember living. God made me in his image. And then I passed through a dark place. There was darkness. I was in a safe place. And uh, God carried me forward. And there was light. And it was a very pleasant experience to be made. And then he placed me in heaven where many perhaps all of the sons of God were. Heaven's an enormous place. And in heaven, uh, he placed me at the top where some of the sons of God were. Not because I was higher than others or anything like that, but um, for an important reason that you'll hear in a moment. I looked down. I saw my hands. I turned them over. I saw my feet. God made me. I had hands and feet. I could move my arms and my legs. I could see I lived. I took a few steps forward. I didn't think. Uh, all of the sons of God have something um, superior to spiritual enlightenment given to them, including uh, me, given to us the moment we're made, the moment we're given life. And uh, we can stop our thinking or start thinking at any time. I didn't think, I stepped forward. And I looked straight ahead. I was in the north. And I looked south. And I saw New Jerusalem. That great city. And one day, I'll see New Jerusalem descending as a dove from heaven to the earth. I saw New Jerusalem on the second day of creation. And I am the Messiah. The first day that I lived, God taught me about life. He made me and he gave me life. He taught me about the sons of God. He taught me about heaven. He taught me about New Jerusalem. And he showed me one of his faithful promises, hope for everlasting life in the kingdom of God. One day when it will be perfectly structured and ordered according to his perfect everlasting design. At that time that I call the first days, uh, some of the angels started fighting. Lucifer was there. Uh, God made Lucifer, the devil, Satan, the enemy. God made Lucifer on the second day. And there were other wicked angels there at that time as well. Some of them began accusing God uh, and hating God. Some of them were uh, angels who chose to be evil. Uh, and some of the angels began fighting each other. And uh, there was something like a war. I don't call it a war because... There was no enemy commander. Michael was the archangel at that time, commander of the hosts of heaven. And there were a great many of us, sons of God, uh, angels, Troy Boyan, and others. 
And I fought in the first battle. I prevailed against an enemy. I fought in another battle, prevailed once more, and then I died uh, shortly after that. I've lived a number of lives. That was 6,138 years ago. So I say that I'm 6,138 years old. When we die, our spirit goes to heaven, whether we're uh, a man or a woman from the earth, what we call a son of man, or if we're one of the sons of God. When we die, our spirit goes to heaven. And I lived there as a spirit uh, a number of times. I've lived a number of lives. Many of them were short lives. I lived in um, North Korea as a woman. And God taught me Kung Fu. And I taught Kung Fu to others. It may be that I invented Kung Fu in a way. I lived as a female, uh, I had a female spirit, a female soul, and a female body. I've often wanted to know about God's creation, everything about God made, uh, everything about everything that God made. Uh, I want to know about martial arts, the way of the warrior. I want to know about what it's like to be a man or a woman, a male or a female. I've wanted to know what it's like to be an angel, one of the sons of God, what it's like to be one of his children in the earth. I've wanted to know what it's like to learn, to teach, to build things, to live and to die. And I've been able to do all of those things in 6,138 years. I lived in North Korea and I taught Kung Fu. I, um, I never had sex as a woman, which is important to me because now, uh, having lived every one of my other lives as a man, a male, in a male body. And as a Troy Boyan, I was a male spirit with a male soul in a male body. It would have been awkward and possibly embarrassing had I ever done that. Yet, I wanted to know everything about everything. God gave me a child. I became pregnant. I had so much faith and trust in God that I said, eh, whatever, and kept doing things that I liked doing. Then he took the baby. There was no um, miscarriage. The baby was taken by God. And the baby has lived in heaven ever since. And I've met him. So I had a child. Yet, I never delivered the baby. And the child grew in heaven. And he is my son from thousands of years ago. And I never had sex as a woman. I lived in other places. I lived in South America and Egypt. In Egypt, I was a man named Imhotep. And I taught them in Egypt that God is like the sun, but he is not the sun. At that time, they worshipped uh, others who were not God, and they worshipped the sun. And after I died, I died at a young age. I died in a very unremarkable way. Um... There was a minor battle. Men came from out of the trees in Egypt. And I came out and I began talking to them about peace. And a man off to my right threw a spear at me the same way a man might throw a javelin. It pierced me through and I died. It was a man that I did not know. None of them knew who I was. It was a battle. I was the first man that they saw. And I was pierced through and I died. It was unremarkable. And after I had lived in Egypt, they tried to erase my name from history.
And after I left, they began worshiping false gods and practicing human sacrifice. I lived in South America where there were Incas, Aztecs, and Olmecs. And I taught them in a place where they didn't know much about God and they worshiped the sun. I taught them saying, God is like the sun, but he is not the sun. That was a time of great and incredible peace. It was a vast uh, empire, but it wasn't an empire by conquering. It was an empire of peace where brothers and sisters joined together and built a civilization where there was a great abundance of food and peace and joy, where we were blessed by God. I don't know all things, but God does. God knows all things. And he brought the devil to see and to hear, to see what God had done for his children in South America. And for the devil to hear God speak privately with the devil and for the devil to hear me speak. And I said many things that the devil remembers. I didn't want a kingdom. So after I concluded all of my work, after I taught them God is like the sun, but not the sun, after I taught them about peace, when there were many of them, I left. A man that wanted a kingdom might stay. They might have chosen me to be a king for a long time, but I left. And after I left, they began practicing human sacrifice and worshiping, I guess, false gods and those that aren't God. I mean, it was just a confusing time. And many of them just left. Many historians want to know what happened at that time. And so here's the answer. They began practicing human sacrifice and many of them just left the area to get away from the brutality where they would put a child on a table and cut him open and flail his flesh apart like a beast. I told them a prophecy of the future. They knew what would happen before it happened. And it came to pass and many of them left. I lived again as an angel. My angel name was Uriel. God is my light, wisdom, also retribution and chastity. I did a number of things as an angel. As a Choriboyan, God taught me and prepared me to be the Messiah. As a woman, I learned how to fight against those that are stronger than me. I learned to teach those they refused to learn. Many of them did not want to learn Kung Fu from a woman, but I taught many men. I learned to face someone who wanted to defeat me and to teach them instead. In all of those lives, I never sinned. In South America, God taught me how to build a civilization with peace. He showed me that in a civilization where they know who God is, he might bless them greatly. And he did. He blessed them with a great abundance of food and peace. They chose God, the one true God. As an angel named Uriel, God taught me many things. I lived in the earth as a Native American man named Denigdawa. 
I took the Hopi tablet. They broke a corner off. I took it northeast and I buried it and hoped that one day I would find the tablet so they'd be safe from a future disaster from which they could not save themselves. Some of the Hopi people today hope that the tablet will be returned to them and that they will know where to go and hide when fire comes down out of heaven. They have a prophecy that one day I'll return. They call me their elder white brother. They know that I'll be uh, white in appearance. They also call me their true white brother. And they believe that if I come from the West, that I might have mercy, more mercy. But if I come from the East where Israel is, I'll be without mercy. And on that day, they know not to leave their houses and not to go outside and look up and see what happens. On that day, I will have wrath and I will have no mercy. I lived again. I tried to live again as a Native American man. I wanted to find the Hopi tablet and return it to them, but I died at a young age. I think less than 10 years old, maybe at 10 years old. Uh, there were two uh, white men who uh, had knives. They were ready to kill me and I was very sick. They laid me on a table. They probably thought to cut me open like a human sacrifice thing. They might've been tempted by the devil or even sent by him. For thousands of years, I have been enemy of Lucifer. I have opposed him in the earth. Many of the uh, men and women in heaven and the angels in the heavens have hated me because I wasn't there when the devil was their enemy. I was in the earth instead, trying to do things that were right and good. And in all of those lives, I never sinned. I think many of my brothers that are angels think that I am a betrayer who abandoned them. Many of the spirits in heaven would have preferred I was there to protect them from the deceptions of the devil. For 3,200 years, Lucifer has stood before the throne of God, deceiving angels, the sons of God, and the spirits. But I've been in the earth and other places as an angel named Uriel, more than 3,200 years ago. I lived, and about 3,200 years ago, maybe slightly more, I threw Lucifer off a boat. That's an angel named Uriel, more than 3,000 years ago, but less than 4,000, I lived as an angel for quite a time. Angels uh, might live forever and ever. They might be given something similar to everlasting life or everlasting life. And if they're never thrust through with the sword, it might be that they live forever and ever and never age. They never grow old or slow or weak. They have an excellent memory, perfect health. They have no blemishes. They're flawless. They're given uh, clothes, pants and sandals. They might be everlasting. They last forever. A sword and a scabbard, they might last forever. Their sword might be everlasting. God never told us, so I don't know. <coughs> they have a knife, an angel knife that they can draw with their left hand. Angels can do many things. They can bring the spirits to heaven. They can watch men unseen. They can fight if required. It's important that you know that angels know God's law. 
and they know not to murder and not to rape, not to steal, not to covet. They know this law, thou shalt have no other gods before me. They know this one, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. And for you Christians, you might call those commandments. The Jews might call those commandments. The angels call those laws. And for them, it is fixed and it is solid. Those are the laws. They know those laws and they know the meaning thereof perfectly. That knowledge is given to them by God. And we might hold angels to a high standard and expect them to conduct themselves as the sons of God. To do things that are right and good always. To never transgress the law. To never lie. Lucifer was made on the second day. Lucifer, an angel. And on the second day of creation, Lucifer, feeling sorry for himself, called himself Belial. He wanted to change his name. Perhaps he thought if he changed his name, others might respect him or esteem him. And when I was an angel named Uriel, Lucifer, after the flood of Noah, went to the earth and he violently beat and raped a woman. And called himself Belial. And I was sent with other righteous angels, including an angel I like very much, named Ariel. Ariel is an angel. He lives to this day. Ariel has never died. He is a fucking lion when he fights. And when he speaks, he might speak as a lion. He is a legendary man. A man worthy of respect. A man that I trust. Me and Ariel and other angels were sent by God to the earth to fetch Lucifer like a dog. And other angels that were with him who hoped to do again what other angels had done before. Lucifer hoped that he, after he violently beat and raped this woman that she would conceive, and she did. And Lucifer hoped that this child would have more children and those children would have children. Lucifer hoped to contaminate the bloodline of King David and Jesus Christ. Lucifer hoped to say, King David, son of Lucifer. Jesus Christ, son of God and son of Belial. And when Lucifer went to the earth and violently beat and raped a woman, he called himself Belial. And I hated him. And I hated that name Belial. The angels, they had a boat. They traveled with a boat for some strange reason. Evil men often do strange things that make no sense. Angels can travel very quickly. They don't need a boat, typically. And I don't understand all the reasons why they did this. But when we were sent, we were sent to retrieve the angels, to fetch them like dogs. They had to run off. And to bring back, or at least to get rid of everything that the angels had left behind. Perhaps so there was no trace of them. The other angels went and did other things. And it was me and Lucifer alone on the boat. And it was my task to bring the boat back to a specific exact spot that God chose. And we were on our way. Lucifer realized that if I got to heaven before him, that the angels before the throne of God would hear me speak first when I knelt before God. And Lucifer's lies would not stand in light of the truth. Lucifer thought to kill me and he attacked me. 
we wrestled, and according to the mysteries of God, I prevailed, and I threw him off the boat. At that time, God made it so the angels were unable to uh, travel the heavens. Lucifer couldn't leave the water. He couldn't rescue himself. Other angels came and drug him out of the water and pulled him onto ice. It was a cold place where we were. There was ice where the angels stood. They stood on ice. They brought him back to the ice. I brought the boat exactly to the exact spot. I was an obedient angel. God spoke and I obeyed. I stood on the bow of the boat in the exact spot where God told me to bring the boat. And I jumped off the boat. God caught me and lifted me up to heaven. More than 3,000 years ago, I lived by faith and I knew who God was and I trusted him perfectly. In heaven, there's an entrance where the angels come and go. And if we turn to the left, we walk through three places, um, little, you might call them little rooms. I walk through the first one. It's like half of a room. Yeah, you can go to the right and it's like half of a room to the right, half of the room to the left. And then two more rooms. And there's a big room. I call it the great room or and house of prayer. And there's a long hallway with marks. I walked up the hallway before the throne of God in a smaller room that I called the temple where God sat on the throne. These are the days that I call the good old days. Days when we feared God and thought of him as great and dreadful, fearsome, perfect and righteous and just. When many of us obeyed God, many of my companions at that time, angels are now legendary angels, men of very great renown among the hosts of heaven. I knelt before the throne of God and I said, I saw a man do an unrighteous deed. And after a conversation with the Almighty God, when I knelt before him and bowed my head, kneeling on my left knee, placing my hands by my sides, by my hips, I stood and returned to another place. When I walked in, I walked up the hallway. I have seen the living God in the flesh. I have looked God in the eyes and seen his face, his hair like wool. I have seen his robes and his hands, his sandals and his feet. He is the Almighty. He is God. The Lord is his name. He is the Almighty God and the Lord God Almighty. He is the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity. The Lord God omnipotent in the ancient of days. He is the Lord of hosts. He is God, King, Master, the Lord. He made us and he gave us life. And after I spoke to him and he spoke to me, and I spoke to him again. We spoke. I returned to a place in the hallway directly between the throne room to my left where God sits on the throne and a man named John Huxton sat next to God where we might expect Jesus to sit. And to my right was in house of prayer. Lucifer walked up the hallway with his head down 
I got to heaven first. And Lucifer knew no one would believe his lies. Lucifer knelt before God and they spoke to each other. And Lucifer walked out with his head down. For him, Lucifer, there was a point of no return. Lucifer received bad news on that day. Lucifer will burn. And for him, there is no escape. Many of you might think from time to time, where has the Messiah been? Can the Messiah come at any time? God made me on the second day. I've lived many lifetimes in many places, including the earth and in heaven. Twice as one of the sons of God, as a Boyan, like the angels, but taller and hairier, and as an angel named Uriel, God is my light. Wisdom, retribution, also chastity. And on that day, Lucifer left with his head down. God prepared me as an angel. I know the devil. And since that day, Lucifer has been my enemy. Lucifer was there when I was in South America. And I told them, God is not the son. He is like the son, but he is not the son. When I taught the truth about God over and over again in Egypt, in South America, and perhaps in other places as well. Lucifer has hated me. And when I've been in the earth, I've done things that Lucifer has been very angry about. Where I go, there is joy, there is peace, and wisdom, knowledge of God. Where Lucifer goes, there is death, idolatry, Worshipping false gods and men who aren't God. Men turning their back on God. Human sacrifice. Misery. Foolishness. Before summer 2023, the commandment will go forth to restore and build Jerusalem. And will begin construction on the third temple, Ezekiel's temple. And after that, after seven years, the temple will be built. And the Lord will be there. For 62 years, God will be there almost every day, twice per day. He has wrath. And uh, some days he might be too angry to uh, come to the temple. I'll be there every day, seven days per week, including on the Sabbath. I'll offer sacrifices. We'll offer all of the Mosaic sacrifices and the Ezekiel sacrifices, both. The prince, me, all offer sacrifices there every day. In addition to the Mosaic sacrifices, Israel will be different than, than it is now. For all of us that want to know where the Messiah has been, for all of you who want to know where I've been, this will be an important story that right now seems long. But when you know this story, you know that the things that I will do in the future make clear sense. You'll know that God has prepared me perfectly to be the Messiah. For 6,138 years, I have obeyed God and I have never sinned once. 
though I have lived many places and done many things. I know about the earth and men and women in the earth. I know about the sons of God, the angels and spirits in heaven as I have lived in the heaven, as I'll say soon. And I'll tell stories of the angels in this podcast. Perhaps about men and women you've heard of. I've been to other worlds. I lived 50,000 years in the future in a place where they have the highest technology in the entire universe. The fastest space travel. Free energy. Unlimited. Among men that have the greatest knowledge and wisdom among all who have ever lived in all of God's creation. In a place no man can find unless they discover a mystery of God and are brought there by God. A place I'll describe shortly. I know about God's children. I know about the universe. I've seen God create. Thirty-nine universes. 39 heavens and 39 places called the earth. I have traveled in every universe. There was a time when I said he was God of one universe. I called him master of the universe. A God of faithful promises. I said he was perfect in every way. Righteous. Holy. Perfect. Just. And powerful. And then I called him God of the seven universes, God of the 12 universes, and now I call him God of the 40 universes. A time will come when he's made more universes than any man can count. Right now, we are in a place called the multiverse. A time will come when there are so many universes in this multiverse that he might make more in other multiverses. In fact, he might make them before that time. He might make many multiverses with many universes in a place called the Omniverse. And then he might make many Omniverses and I will be there to see it often and one day always. In this universe, I've been to every world. 8,145,154 worlds. He recently, this year, made two more worlds and made men and women fully formed, speaking a new language on each world. In this universe, there is only one place called the Earth. Every other place is called a world. And among those worlds, there are planets, a great many. Orbs, small and perfectly round, only two. Globes, four of them. And spheres, like an orb, but larger. And they're not like an orb. They're very different. The orbs are places that are very peaceful. Two spheres, four globes, and two orbs. Two orbs, four globes, and two spheres. And the rest are planets except for the Earth. I've been to every one. I've met his children. There has never been a man more prepared to be the Messiah than me. When you think about a man who's prepared to be the Messiah, you might think about a man like a prophet who can speak the word of God perfectly. Or a man like Moses, who can pray before the altar. A man like Abraham, who hears God's word, believes God's word, and obeys. 
You might think of Adam, the first man. Maybe he would be the Messiah since he was first. You might think of a man like Enoch, who walked with God and God took him. Or a man like Elijah, who was taken up in a whirlwind. Or one of the kings of Israel, such as King David. You might think of Jesus Christ, about whom I'll speak shortly, as I've known him longer than any man who's ever lived. Or the Holy Ghost, a man that I know, one of God's children, like Jesus Christ. We are all God's children, and I know a great many of you. You might think of men such as them. I am a man who has lived as an angel, as a man in the earth, and as a woman in the earth. I know what it's like to live as a woman and to live as a man. I know what it's like to live on another world, to live in heaven as an angel and as a spirit. There is no man who's ever lived who's been more prepared by God. And this makes me terribly afraid. I am perfectly prepared to do everything required. Yet, if I make one mistake in the slightest, I don't know if I can fix it. I knew a lot of angels as Uriel, and they're my friends now. I call them my angel squad. I wrote a song about them recently. They're cool. Maybe one day I'll sing it to you. It's cool. It's a rap song, actually. I might sing it. I rap it to a Busta Rhymes song. Dangerous. It's cool. One day you might hear about it. I, uh, I speak to them every day, these men. I try to schedule my day like a king might schedule his day. I take a few minutes each day to prepare for my day and think about what I'll do. I speak to spirits in heaven and other places. There are spirits in other places. I speak to God's children. I speak to angels. And now I'm making these podcasts. A time will come soon when you might not be able to hear my words. And hopefully these podcasts remain long enough that years from now you can find them and know what I said before I did it. Several years ago, actually more than 100 years ago, after I died as a child, a Native American in North America, I was in heaven as a spirit. As a spirit, I'd lived a number of lifetimes. So I'd, I wasn't a spirit as a child because I'd lived so many lifetimes. I was as a man. And I did something uh, remarkable. I was the first to uh, find the answer to 8,141 questions. When we ask these questions in a, in a particular way in heaven, we ask a man named Methuselah. He is not eighth from Adam, son of Enoch, seventh from Adam. A different man who likes answering questions. We ask him perfect asks, and he answers with perfect answers, the word of God. I asked all 8,142 asks, and he answered with all 8,142 answers. This is a task that takes a number of years, typically. And after I did this, I knew every word of God that I could find. The word of God found written in his Holy Bible. The words answered by Methuselah, 8,142 answers and 8,142 asks. The perfect word of God. I considered all that I knew. I spoke to the spirits in heaven who lived in Israel thousands of years ago, and they thought I was annoying, so I left. 
I spoke to a man in heaven that is a spouter of lies. And he tried to recruit me as part of his conspiracy. And then I spoke to many other spirits in heaven, including Eve, the first woman, who tried to do the very same part of a conspiracy. I might tell you about her someday. And many other spirits. And then I spoke to God. And I said, God, I've asked a great many questions. And Methuselah has answered 8,142 times with the perfect word of God. Yet I have questions about this. And I learned the truth about salvation, everlasting life, the kingdom of God, and a number of other things. And I said to him, I've grown in knowledge and wisdom. How best might I continue to grow in knowledge and wisdom? God spoke and I obeyed. And he brought me to a distant world on the future, in the future. And I lived a full life and I died and I failed. I did not succeed. He sent me to another world and I did it again. I can't tell you the whole story, but I'll tell you this. When I spoke to God, I asked him about his word, about spiritual things and about knowledge and wisdom. And he told me how I might grow in knowledge and wisdom. And he brought me to the place where I could do it. He told me how I might grow in knowledge and wisdom through experience. That is his word, a perfect word of God. I lived in a place uh, about 40,000 years in the future, maybe slightly more, on a distant world. In the New World Order, in the secret underground bases, they call these men and women the Nordics. There are men and women who uh, apparently lived in the earth thousands of years ago. I wasn't there when this happened, so I don't know if it's true. This is uh, the story that I, I heard, I guess. And they left and traveled and lived on a distant world. Human beings from the earth who left thousands of years prior, and I lived among them uh, about... 40,000 years in the future, maybe slightly more. And God taught me about spiritual things. So I became curious about spiritual meditation. God made spiritual meditation. God made spiritual enlightenment. And if we're spiritually enlightened, it's from God always. I'm a man who sought perfect knowledge from God only. And a man who has never sinned. I meditated and I had some success, but not enough. And I found an amazing secret. In all the places God made, there's one that none can find. A place no man can go. No angel can find it. No man can go there. Unless you're already there, you can't go there. And if you're there, you can leave and return. In this place, they have the highest technology in the entire universe. The men there have more knowledge and wisdom than any man, any men who have ever lived. They have ships that can travel to distant stars and to distant worlds. They can travel forward and backward in time. 
They have technology that God made. It's a place that God made. I call it the place out of time. I don't know what he calls it, but I know this. He was the first man to go there. God does many things that many of us don't understand, but we might expect this. He doesn't only sit on a throne in heaven. Imagine if you could be in two places at once with two physical bodies. What would you do? If you were sitting in your car driving right now, but you could also be at your house, would you clean or do the dishes? Would you watch television? Would you call your mom? What would you do if you could be two places at once? Would you be in one place eating and another place at work? The place out of time is a place that had to be built. There's no man among God's children wise enough to do this. I was doing other things, so I couldn't do it. God was the first man there. If we remember the word, uh, the words written in the book of Revelation, chapter 4, verse 11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Here's the next part. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. When we remember this, we might remember the God who made all things, who can do all things, also might enjoy his creation. He might have lived a full life on many of the worlds that he made as a man, not as a woman, never as a woman. And having done this, he might have walked among us unknown, enjoying a place that he made another world. He was the first man in the place out of time. He built it with his own hands, I think. I don't know what he did, but I know he was the first there. And he was the third man there. Every other man was someone else from another world in this galaxy. When I went there, here's what I did. I meditated and I considered I knew about this place. God prepared me. How might I find this place? I had no success over and over again. At least once I tried and had no success. So let's just say I had no success once. The second time I meditated and I said, well, what I'll do is I'll do everything that I can. And I completed every task in meditation. I did a heroic meditation. I meditated eight hours. And when there was nothing left to do, I found myself sitting in an empty space surrounded by uh, red, atmosphere it looked like it was all uh, a clay red more more red than clay though like a shit I don't know how to describe colors that's something I'll have to learn but it was red I sat there and I thought there's nothing left to do what will I do and I looked above and over my right shoulder and there was a single point and I realized in order to be the place where I want to go I had to do something that I'd never thought. I had to become the place I wanted to be. And I did. And God took me to the place out of time. And I found myself more than 40,000 years in the future among just more than 100 men with the greatest knowledge and wisdom among all who have ever lived standing near the man 
the most brilliant man who ever lived, with the greatest knowledge among all who have ever lived, and the greatest wisdom. And that man's name is Jesus Christ. He also was prepared by God, one of the sons of God. Well, one of the children of God. I don't think he was ever an angel. In fact, I know he never was. But as one of God's children, angels are sons of God. Uh, those of us born in the earth are called son of man. So the angels call God, God. We can call God man. Jesus Christ was there. I was their leader until I left. And then Jesus was their leader. I have said, it is always a good time to tell the truth. No matter how controversial this sounds, this is the truth. And in this place, I grew in knowledge and wisdom more than any man who had ever lived. There, we had technology to travel, to see the past and the present. And I'll tell you a, a strange secret. You might call it a mystery, and perhaps it is. Jesus left for a time, lived in the earth more than 2,000 years ago, was born to a woman named Mary. At 30 years old, he began to speak. And at about the age 33 years old, he carried a cross up a road and was crucified and he died. When he was carrying the cross, I didn't understand. This might sound strange, but I told him to put the cross down and to leave. I told him to finish the work. I said, there are important things to do in the earth. Jesus put the cross down and leave, finish the work. And I'll never forget the look on his face. He was angry at me. He looked confused, but he carried the cross up the road and he died. And now I say the truth. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and the sins of the whole world. That he was raised from the dead, resurrected on the third day. After Jesus died on the cross, he returned and lived among us. And I left and Jesus remained. So now you know where Jesus was. He'll be in the earth soon though. The prophecies will be fulfilled exactly as they're written by God. Exactly. God is a God of faithful promises. And as Jesus Christ lived among us men of wisdom and knowledge in the place out of time we did what you might call scientific research what Jesus and I did was different and one day I might speak about it I know about the highest technology that has ever existed in 50,000 years Something strange happens. The men and women there, they have the uh, technology to destroy an entire world. And there are uh, men nearby called the Falralken. They're little gray aliens. That's what you call them in the earth. And they, uh, they've been trying to develop uh, time travel technology to travel back in time. <clears throat> they serve the devil. They have a council, I think of nine men, maybe 10, I can't remember right now. They have a council and they, uh, they're trying to develop subatomic technology. One of the things that they hope to build is called a proton cannon. I don't know why it's called a cannon. It's like a rifle that somebody holds in his hand and it shoots an accelerated Zutron 
It's faster than a bullet. One of the reasons they travel back in time, which they do very unsuccessfully, by the way, they've lost two ships doing that, is uh, they're hoping to learn from uh, our subatomic particle research enough that uh, they can build this weapon. And Lucifer hopes to use it in the future, about maybe 2,000 years in the future. He hopes that there will be proton cannons in the Earth, like a rifle that shoots this accelerated thing called a Zutron. They don't really come to the Earth that often. There's very few of them. They live underground. They get their food from hydroponic type technology. And uh, they don't have any free will. They've uh, changed themselves genetically so much that they are physically so weak that if they punch each other, it doesn't even hurt the other one that they punch. And they've uh, done something that I call uh, an abomination of their flesh. They, um, they have difficulty reproducing. The men have very small dongs. They can't fuck. And it's a problem for the men and for the women. And they also have difficulty reproducing. They're called the Falralken, F-A-L-R-A-L-K-E-N. And uh, they don't come here that much. Like I said, there's few of them. They're very unsuccessful with their time travel technology. They're trying to build these things that are like a time anchor so they can find a point in time more easily. They've been unsuccessful with that, partly. But they're, they're I, I guess you might say they have some success. But they're a problem. And the men and women from the place out of time, excuse me, the men, are thinking about destroying the entire world where the Falralkin are. And I had a big problem with this. I wanted to show that the men, uh, to the men out of time, that there was hope that men can learn peace. One important thing about learning peace is that we become spiritual, that we do spiritual things, spiritual meditation. It's difficult to be peaceful. You might know that in the earth, the Buddhists are the most peaceful people in the whole earth. There are none as um, peaceful as the Buddhists. And they meditate each day, typically sitting, doing nothing. I wanted to show them this. I began to panic because uh, if they do this, they might establish a precedent that's difficult to um, change later. Once a precedent has been established, it's very difficult to change that later. And they might start destroying other worlds as well. So what I did is I came to the earth. I didn't finish the work that I hoped to finish there, growing in knowledge and wisdom. But instead, I hoped to do something important Perhaps this is because in the past I lived as an angel. Angels are serious and do things that are important. And I came to the earth and I hoped to show that a man could meditate for spiritual enlightenment and everything beyond. You might call that attainments. For the cause of peace. So that they wouldn't destroy entire worlds. These men and women out of time, excuse me, these men out of time, they have the highest technology in all of creation, with none to challenge them. If they begin destroying worlds, there might be none to stop them, except for God. So I left the place out of time. Now this story gets strange, but when I meditated for spiritual enlightenment, I became spiritually enlightened. I mean, that's pretty much what happens. It's, my spiritual enlightenment was from God. Yeah, it's not a sin to be uh, given spiritual enlightenment by God. God does it. He doesn't sin. But after that, there are other things that you might call attainments. And at that time, I called them spiritual. Now I've learned from God more. And I had power, incredible power, that I have now in this life, given to me by God.
and the men and women out of time, perhaps because they're more peaceful than other men, uh, the men in that place not only have that ability, but others as well. So what I did is I left without a spaceship, traveled back in time, and went to a place where I could inhabit a body in the flesh and the earth. We are spiritual beings inhabiting physical bodies. It is not a sin to live in the earth. It is not a sin to live as a spirit in the heaven. And it is not a sin to live in the earth again. It is not a sin to live. And as an angel, I knew about the place where all the souls of all the men and all the women who have not yet been born are. I knew then and I know now where they all are. And I went there. For 3,200 years, Lucifer has been my enemy. The enemy of Dale Travis Maynard. And he hated me because when I come to the earth, there is peace rather than death. And there is joy and there is wisdom rather than foolishness. And there is knowledge of God. In this place where the souls are, I, went, I thought to go in to this place and then be born to a man and a woman, parents in the earth, in a place called Quincy, California, is where I was born. But nearby, there's a world, and I went to that world first. It was important that I went to the world. And for 3,200 years, Lucifer has made plans, and I did not know what all of his plans were. When I got to the world, there were evil angels there, evil men who had been taken there from the earth and spirits who had died. You might say that it was a world, an entire world controlled by Lucifer, not far from here. In this place where the souls are of those that have not yet been born, they can be born to any man, to any woman in the entire universe, this universe only. One place for all worlds. A place that God made. Perfect. And when I went to this world that you might call controlled by Lucifer, angels knew I had come. Two angels met me. And I knew I couldn't... Uh, beat them in a fight so they took me with them they brought me to where Lucifer was I had uh, wings like you might think an angel might have wings and Lucifer yelled at me he was extremely angry and he cut off my wings I bled profusely all over the floor I was brought to another angel named Mariel, an evil man who sat on a chair. Perhaps he hoped it would one day be a throne. And I looked out at hordes of evil men. This is what happens when Lucifer controls a world. There is blood, violence, and evil and wicked men rejoicing seeing a captured man. More than half of them knew something about who I was, an enemy of Lucifer. Perhaps they thought Lucifer had prevailed and defeated an enemy. Mario hoped to shame me, you might say, to abase me, 
is a more accurate word. It wasn't the first time I'd ever been brought to my knees, I guess. Maybe it was. But in any case, I was brought to my knees. I returned. I was brought back to the place where Lucifer was. And Lucifer killed me. Before I was the Messiah, Lucifer killed me. The enemy might have hoped he'd prevailed. Often, an evil man, a wicked man, might look as look like he prevailed. It might seem that the enemy has imminent success. It might appear over and over again that the righteous might all die and the enemy might have success. This is not true. I've been prepared by God. For more than 3,000 years, Lucifer has been my enemy. Lucifer thrust me through when I died. I was a spirit. I had no body of flesh. I left. And I saw a man. My most faithful and trusted friends are Jesus Christ and Raphael. At that time, the man Raphael. Angel. The angel Raphael. He was the only one to speak to me. And now... He is Archangel Raphael. He's an Archangel. He's one of the most legendary angels who have ever lived among all the hosts of heaven, among all the angels. In 40 kingdoms of God, 40 universes, these names are known. Mahalaliel, Michael, Azrael, Gabriel, Raphael, Sarael, Ariel, Samael, Zafkiel, Zadkiel, Camael, Metatron, all angels. Perhaps soon I'll tell you more about them. Raphael spoke to me, I spoke to him. I went to the place where the souls are and I was born more than 41 years ago. In less than a year, we will, we will begin construction on the temple known as the temple of Ezekiel, Ezekiel's temple, the temple of God in the earth. And after it's built, I will be known as Messiah the Prince. In life, many things happen that we do not expect. Some say reality is stranger than fiction. I say that I have been more prepared than any man who has ever lived. And that I, Dale Travis Maynard, who will one day be known as Messiah the Prince, am a man who grew in knowledge and wisdom through obeying God.